Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Praise the Lord. So good to know that Jesus is our victory. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Turn in your Bible with me to John chapter 11 as we continue the Exalted Christ series. And um, we keep saying the same tagline, see him higher so that you'll live higher. Why don't we read this together, ready? See him higher so that you'll live higher. We want to get a, an exalted perspective of who Jesus the Son of the living God really is. We want to know him in the fullness of his glory. And the book of John really focuses on the resurrected one, the elevated one, the divinity of Jesus. And as you're turning there, I want, to, I want you to listen to this. I came across this a couple of weeks ago. This is a, a small segment of a true story on October 27, 1858, a boy uh, had been born to an eager mom and dad, and obviously he was dear to them. But they soon found out that he was, very, he was a very sick child, even at a very young age. And this sickness made him a nervous, unhealthy, fragile child whose boyhood was shaped by terrifying attacks of bronchial asthma. Imagine this scenario that the, per, that the parents were living with every single day with their little baby. Generally, it would steal on him right in the middle of the night. The boy's asthma attacks created the sensation of suffocating or drowning. Hearing his son coughing, wheezing, and struggling for breath, the boy's dad would rush into the bedroom. Taking his son into his arms, he would carry him around the house for hours until he could breathe and fall asleep. If this ritual proved inadequate, he would call for the servants to bring the horse and carriage around. Wrapping the gasping child in a blanket, he would drive the horse at a good clip through the gaslit streets. This was of New York. Believing that the bracing night winds would stir the child's lungs. Here's what the boy would go on to say. Nobody seemed to think that I would live. But the boy recalled later. He said, my father... He got me breath, he got me lungs, he got me strength, and he got me life. This boy was none other than Teddy Roosevelt, the 26th president of the United States. And this is a very powerful story. And, and Teddy's dad fought for his life. He used his heart, he used his energy, he used his time for the sake of saving his son. Now what does that speak to? Why am I opening with this story? It's because this is an earthly example of a very powerful spiritual principle that we're going to learn from the word of God today. Remember last week we talked about the fact that miracles in the book of John are called signs and signs are miracles that have a lesson attached to them. And John chapter 11 is really a three-part journey to a miracle. And we talked about this. Last week we talked about delays. 
And the first part of this journey to the miracle was that there was a delay, but how many know delays are not denials? And then today we're going to see that there was this discussion, a very powerful discussion that took place between two sisters and Jesus. This discussion was very significant because it would help to bring about deliverance. This discussion and many other discussions are described all throughout the Bible as the act of intercession. Everyone say intercession. Intercession is a very a great privilege and responsibility that every Christian believer has give, is given from God. We are called to be intercessors. Here's what intercession, here's the definition of it. It is the act of appealing to God in prayer on behalf of another. It is a very powerful force that God gives to us. How many believe we could pray here and God can impact apartments and houses and families for his glory? How many believe that? You call that intercession. You call that intercession. And what Jesus is teaching here in John chapter 11 is that he uses people to participate in great miracles. And he gives us the privilege and the responsibility of praying and interceding on behalf of other people. Here's why intercession is so important. It's because prayer, listen, prayer moves the heart and the hand of God. How many would say amen? Remember that. Prayer moves the heart and hand of God. So let's read. We're going to pick up right where we left off last week. Uh, John 11, beginning with verse 17. It says, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for everyone Four days, and we talked about that. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in, their law, in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. She went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here my brother would not have died. But I know, here it is, here's the intercession. Okay, here's the key verse of the text. But I know that, say these two words with me, ready? Even now. But I know after four days, even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, hold up, there is a resurrection on the last day. But I am the resurrection and the life. How many praise God that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? The resurrection is more than just an occurrence. It is a person. It's the one that we sing about. That's why we're singing today about the cross of Jesus Christ because he went to the cross and he rose from the dead in power and he's here with us today, hallelujah. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he die. 
And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you're the Messiah, the Son of God who has come into the world. How many believe that today? Jesus is the Messiah. How many would say amen? After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. Now I want to pause here. No one knows. The Bible doesn't say Jesus asked for her. No one really knows what the dynamic is. Um, but here's... Here's what I believe. There is a worship history here. We don't, it's a different sermon, but just know this. There's a worship history here. Mary and Martha knew Jesus already. They had hosted him. And Mary sat at the Lord's feet, and the Lord said to Martha, who was busy working, he said, listen, she has found the best part, and it won't be taken from her. So I believe that Martha knew that she could go to Jesus but she also said, I know if Mary goes to Jesus, Mary has a lot of clout with Jesus too. How many know people who spend time with Jesus have clout with Jesus? How many would say amen? You see, and this is why we spend time with Jesus, because in the day of trouble, we have this relationship, worship history that is powerful to move the heart of God. That's what we see unfolding here. So it says, uh, he's a and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Again, she got up quickly and she went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her uh, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet just like she was before and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Then we start to see some powerful things about the Lord. It says, when Jesus saw her weeping, the Jews who had come along with her uh, uh, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Some people say that God doesn't care. Jesus really, really, really cares. And it says, where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And then the shortest verse in the Bible, verse 35, Jesus wept. Powerful. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not... Uh, he who opened the eyes of the blind men have kept, have kept this man from dying. And so we see the middle stage of this journey to a miracle. What really happens is that there is a powerful, very powerful discussion. And the title of the message uh, today is Go to Jesus. Everybody say Go to Jesus. It's titled Go to Jesus because you see when this family was in trouble, that's what they did. This miracle is an invitation to you and I to go to Jesus. Now, notice that they went to Jesus not for themselves per se, but for someone who couldn't. 
Intercession is all about us going to Jesus when someone else can't. Lazarus was dead. Four days he was in the grave. Maybe you know a lot of situations, a lot of circumstances that the world would accept as dead. But how many know even now Jesus is able by his mighty power to go to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond? Some people would say our city is beyond help. But how many know Jesus can help Chicago? How many know Jesus can come and transform this city by his mighty power? And that's why we keep going to Jesus. We're called to go to Jesus. So what I want to do is I want to pray. I want to pray. Sometimes people just don't have the faith of the life to go to Jesus. But we do. And this is the call of God upon our lives. We're called to go to Jesus. Let me pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we approach you and we thank you for this beautiful day in your house. And Lord, we thank you that um, we are the recipients of the great salvation that you've provided for us. At least most of us are, God. And God, we thank you that when we become your children, when we're born again, Lord, we get to participate in very special kingdom activities. And Lord, I pray today that every heart would open up and say, Lord, put a new burden on me to pray for other people. Put a new burden on me to care for other people and to bring other people to you. Father, help us to grow up as a church and as a people. I pray this for our church. And in fact, Lord, I pray for all churches right now around Chicagoland. I pray that you would put a fresh burden in churches in the suburbs and churches on the south side, churches on the west side, Lord God. Lord, churches of every kind, wherever people are preaching the gospel, opening the Bible to teach you and present you, Lord. God, would you put a fresh burden in your people to pray and intercede, Lord God. So bless this word. Help us to learn, oh God, and help us to participate. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen and amen. Everybody say, this is my calling. You realize that, right? Everyone is called to intercede. I left my amen button in the... Everyone is called to pray for other people. Every believer is called to go... And to seek Jesus for his resurrection power. This chapter is about the resurrection. What is the resurrection? The resurrection, plainly stated, is the uplifting power of God. If he can lift someone up out of the grave, how many know he can lift someone up out of drugs? He can lift someone up out of anger. He can lift someone up out of, out of bitterness. He can lift someone up out of trauma. Whatever it is, the resurrection power of God can lift someone up. But here's the role that we're called to play. We're supposed to go to Jesus on their behalf. Go to Jesus is what we do. It's the way we ought to live. Look, this past week, my wife and some of the ladies on staff, if I'm not mistaken, they were out to lunch right there on Irving Park. It was, they have a little outdoor seating at a, I believe it was a taco place. And um, good tacos, by the way, but let me, let, I digress. 
So, so while they were eating, they heard an exchange between a mother and a daughter. The daughter was probably 14 years old. Okay, and the mother was, was cursing at her in the car. The windows were down. She was saying so many vile, she was vomiting on her daughter. She was so, saying so many vile, disgusting things to this little tender heart. And the girl looked over and she saw the ladies there and she turned red face and she sat back in the car as they drove away. What do you do when you see something like that? You go to Jesus and you say, God, visit that family, visit that mother. God, send your peace, oh God. Uproot the anger. Lord, you don't, we don't know the details, but you know the details, oh God. We're called to go to Jesus all day, every day. You see a police car driving by, especially if the, if the lights are flashing. You see an ambulance. Uh, uh, you see a, a, a fire truck going by. What do you do? You go to Jesus. Protect them. Help them. Use them for your glory. That is the life of the believer. That's the life of the believer. We're supposed to be living, interceding for this city and for the people that we love all the time. This past week, we were in Atlanta in a business meeting. And in the middle of the business meeting, I got notice that one of the potentially somebody at home in our church was actually having an art, a heart attack at that time. What do you do when you get the news that someone might be having a heart attack at that time? You stop the business meeting, and what do you do? You cry out to God, you go to Jesus, which is exactly what we did. Hallelujah, no heart attack. Hallelujah. Could we praise God for that? Blessed be the name of the Lord. But go to Jesus. Go to Jesus is what we're called to do. It's the way we're supposed to live. We believe in the resurrection, the uplifting power of the Lord. Look, I know that today's message is not just about you and me. But here's what I can assure you. When you take care of the Lord's business, the Lord will take care of your business. How many believe if you fight for other people, Jesus will fight for you? How many would say amen to that? And listen, listen, when you're praying for someone else, in that particular moment, that's when you're the most like Jesus right now. Because the Bible says that when Jesus rose from the dead, he was seated at the right hand of the Father, and he lives to intercede for us. Now, there's a mystery. I don't understand all of the, the dynamics of this. But there's this heavenly court. We have an accuser of the brethren. The Bible says the devil is constantly accusing us. Once in a blue moon, the Bible pulls back the veil of the earth and it gives you insight on a couple of occasions of what's actually happening. And one of the things that we know is that Satan actually accuses us to God. But we have an advocate, hallelujah. Jesus is our lawyer and Jesus steps in and says, I have paid the price. You cannot call them guilty. They are not guilty because I have already cleansed them. How many are thankful for the blood of Jesus? For Jesus, our great high priest, Jesus is, our, is the intercessor of our lives. Always know no matter what you're going through, Jesus is fighting for you. 
And he wants us to fight for other people. How many would say amen? So very quickly, since we're all called to intercede, there are two key things that I believe this passage teaches us about the call to intercede. Number one, the call to intercede is now because the resurrection is now. Now let me show you what I mean. I want to read this to you. Lord, Martha said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that, ready, even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again at the resurrection, in the resurrection at the last day. So here's what happened. Mary's faith was saying, even now, but Mary's head, and this happens a lot to us, Mary's head was saying at the last day. Mary, you know, sometimes your kids ask you for something they really want, but they don't know if you're really going to give it to them. And so they'll ask you for something, and when you start discussing it, if they think you're saying yes, they poke you again to see if you're really saying yes. And this is what Martha was doing, you know. But Jesus brings a point of clarification that is very important. She said, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. That's good orthodox teaching and understanding. That's good Bible understanding. In the last day, the dead in Christ shall rise. We will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Spurgeon talks about that the dust on fields and in parks is going to be pulled together. And the dead will rise and that dust will come. The particles of our skin that we've shed everywhere, it's going to come into our body. And then we will all stand before God. We will all stand before the holy judgment seat of Christ. That will happen on the last day. But Jesus was saying there's something better than just what's going to happen on the last day. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. The resurrection is right now. How many believe Jesus is here right now? We pray now because Jesus is here right now. Don't wait two weeks. Don't wait for, for uh, uh, something. Pray now. Jesus was saying, believe now. Is your kid away from the Lord? Believe now. He's as close as the mention of his name. One day they're going to serve you. No, we believe you to get a hold of them now, Lord. So listen. He said, do you believe this? We believe. The intercessor believes Look, the days of Chicago, and you only have this chance. This is your only chance, by the way. You know, some people live as if, as if next week or someday they're going to they're gonna be able to do what they're supposed to do. Let me tell you something. Take advantage of today. Nobody owns tomorrow. If you're going to pray, pray today. You know, I'm going to go on this, you know, a journey, this kind of, pilgrimage to pray in six months. No, just pray now. One day I'm going to get serious about God. One day I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to get close to God and become one of those types of people. I'll be an intercessor one day. 
How many know there is no one day, there's today. He's resurrection now. How many would say amen? Oh, Lord, help your people. I've been praying for you. Help your people receive this. Receive it. Receive it deep down in your soul. God has called us to pray and to fight for other people. How many would say amen? Yes, this is a very, very deep thing. Look at what William Barclay said. See, when you become a Christian, you accept Jesus, right? Listen to what he said. He said, when you accept Jesus, you enter into a new relationship with God, and then you enter into a new relationship with life. And what he meant is, when you accept Jesus in your heart, your life radically changes. You used to live for yourself, but now you don't live for yourself any longer. Now we live for the one who died for us. And so things, it, it, even though it might, you might say, but that's not my personality, it doesn't matter, we're different. We're different. God is calling all of us to stand in the gap. By the way, I didn't get to say this. Anybody, if you're alive, you're listening to me, guess what? You are a benefactor of intercession because I guarantee you somebody has prayed for you. How many say amen? Don't think for a second that you're here because, uh, you know, you were smarter than everybody else. No. No. You know, my wife's uh, grandmother was an amazing woman of prayer. And she would, she would lock herself in, and she had women, and they prayed and prayed and prayed. They prayed for the, for the Brooklyn Tabernacles, the church that we came from. They prayed and prayed and prayed. And when that church started in the hood with no resources, the presence of God came down and did something amazing. And yes, God used my in-laws, absolutely. But guess who interceded before? And, and her grandfather, who was a missionary for many years, I believe this church is in existence today in part because of the heart of her grandfather. So we weren't, we weren't here. We were just starting out in the ministry when Chrissy's grandfather passed, but he loved Chicago. How many times I said, man, I wish Brother Hutchins was here to see this. this would, he would be laughing and singing because he, he loved this place. And you and I are here. I don't know who did it. When we get to heaven, God is going to show you. He's going to, I don't know how it's going to work, but you're going to see the people that, that prayed for you. You're going to, people are going to see you, people you prayed for. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be powerful and amazing and wonderful. Pray now. And on that day, people are going to be running up to you. I don't know what heaven is going to be like. I just can't wait to get there. I want to live today for tomorrow, for that day. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, I was looking over here. My last point will be short. We're going to pray. I was looking at, at Ali, Henry and Ali Domerson. So Ali's on the radio. Ali, you, were on the, you said something the other day. You read a verse. I was listening in the car, I was driving to the gym. It was so powerful. It was so 
powerful. And I thought, oh, how many thousands of people are hearing what she's saying? But look, whether it be a thousand or one, Jesus records every single conversation that you and I have for him. And what she's doing is important to God, but what you're doing, what you're saying is just as important to God as what she's doing. Calling is different, but every one of us, we have words of life inside of us. God wants to use us. He wants us to pray and to intercede. He wants us to pray and intercede. We need to go to Jesus. And it's right now. Right here, right now. You know, my dream is that we would have more people on Tuesday night than we have on Sundays. Because there's such a force of prayer in the Lord's house. Intercession is now because the uplifting power of God is right here, right now. Then here's the last thing. This is the second thing we need to learn about intercession. When we pour our out our heart, we move his heart. Simple. When we pour our heart out to God, why is this in the Bible? You ever ask yourself why the Bible has Jesus wept? Here's why. It's because something happens when we pour our heart out to God. You can move God's heart today. You can pour out your heart it says, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. That word is mixed. That word is that in one way Jesus was angry. Jesus was angry at sin. Jesus was angry at death. Jesus was angry at the devil. He was angry at the impact of sin. Jesus was angry at how these people were hurt by sin. But on the flip side, it also, the same word also means that he was deeply moved with compassion. His heart broke over their pain. And let me tell you something today. If you're in pain, his heart is deeply moved for you. How many of you know he loves us with a deep and powerful and everlasting love? And when we pray for other people, when we pour out our heart, we move the heart of God. This is really, this is all over the scriptures. I'm just going to say a little bit more. This is all over the scriptures, whether it be individuals. There, I, I mean, I could, I could sit here and give you 20 or 25 or 30 different examples, but I'm going to give you two. In 1 Samuel 1.15, Hannah, who was trusting God and believing God for a child. She was praying and, and someone didn't discern what was happening. They thought she was drunk because she was pouring out her heart. Look at me, pouring out your heart uh, uh, to God, uh, it doesn't make you look sophisticated. Pouring out your heart to God is not for the, you know, I get it all together folks. How many sometimes you just got to forget about how you look and you just got to pour out your heart to God? How many would say amen? That's why people don't pray like, like they prayed in the Bible. It's not that they didn't do it in the Bible. Paul said, I travail like a mother giving birth. So you mean Paul prayed a certain way, we can't pray that way because we're smart now? 
We have credit cards now. Silly. Jesus, during his days on the earth, he offered up loud cries and tears. Okay. Acts chapter 4, they raised their voices for John and Peter. This is the way of the people of God. Tears are powerful. There's one psalm, I didn't pull it up, there's one psalm that says Jesus captures our tears. Every tear, look, look, so it says, not so, my Lord, Hannah replied, I'm a woman who's deeply troubled. I haven't been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Sometimes God is waiting for you to get to a new place in him, the place where you learn how to pour out your soul. Psalm 126 says this, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. How many know that tears are like, are like seeds sown upon the heart of God? God is calling us to pray. I'll close with this quote by Leonard Ravenhill, and then I wanna pray very quickly here. Look at what Leonard Ravenhill said. He said, the church has many organizers, but few agonizers. Many who pay, but few who pray. Many resters, but few wrestlers. Many who are enterprising, but few who are interceding. People who are not praying are playing. Not for nothing, but that sounds like a rap to me. Like this dude is putting out some lines there, like, wow. Oh, Jesus. Think of all the things, think of all the things that Jesus could have said about his house. And he said, out of all the things he said, my house shall be called what? A house of prayer for all nations. People interceding people praying. Are you here today and there's a child who's away? Are you here today, your family doesn't know the Lord? Is there a battle raging, a battle going on? What does this passage teach us? It teaches us, go to Jesus. It teaches us, go to Jesus. In a moment, I wanna pray, I want us to go to Jesus. I want to put into practice what the scripture teaches us. And what the scripture teaches us is that when we go to him on behalf of someone else, today is not a day to pray for yourself. Today is a day to pray for someone else. When we go to Jesus on behalf, he releases his resurrection power. How many believe Jesus can resurrect families and hearts and minds and bodies by his mighty power? He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond if we will just go to Jesus. And you guys know, and I'll close with this. In fact, if you're here and you know that you know God wants you to pray for someone right here, right now, just stand to your feet as I, as I, as I say this last thing. Come on, stand to your feet. If you're supposed to pray for someone today, if you need to go to Jesus, I want you to stand to your feet. Hallelujah, Jesus. Look, people all, I mean, there are a lot of situations, a lot of circumstances. I've told this story so many times, but let me tell you, let me tell you, I was a young man 
young man, maybe 22 years old, in a prayer meeting in the balcony. When my past, he was so far away and I saw someone that similar was in front of the church and he had the mic and I saw someone go up to him and talk and say something in his ear. And he looked at the person and he turned around to the congregation and he said, look, someone just kind of came over to me or, and I said, tonight is Chrissy's night. When my wife was away from the Lord, when my wife was, was living, you know, the woman who led you in worship today, one of the people that she led in worship, okay, years ago, she was so far from God and her parents, their hearts were broken and they had no idea where she was. But how many know no matter where she was, Jesus always knows where they are. Jesus always knows what's going on. And I was in the, I was in the balcony that night and he said, my daughter is gone up is down, down is up. I don't, she just, we don't know what's going on, but she needs the Lord. Would you pray? And we began to raise our voices. And for 10 minutes, it became a labor room, a powerful labor room. I had no idea I would be praying. I was praying for my future wife. I was just praying for her. I don't know, that was a good prayer for me. Let me tell you something. Right? Pray, pray like you mean it. You never know what's going down. Now listen, two days, two days she repented, two days. And look, think about the years that she's led other people, she's leading us and serving. God wants to use you today to bring about breakthrough in someone's life. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, just lift your hands right now. Let's begin to lift our voices. I don't know exactly how we're going to do this, but could you lift up their name or that situation? Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, lift up that child. Lift up that marriage. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe one of your children is away from the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, ask him, step in, oh God. Resurrection life, step in. Step in by your mighty power. Though ye that sow in tears will reap with joy, begin to reach out to God. God, we cry out to you today. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Reach out by your mighty power, O oh God. We stand in the gap, O oh God. We stand in the gap, O oh God. We stand in the gap, O oh God. Hallelujah, Lord. We come before you. Hallelujah. Lord, we ask for resurrection power to be released, O oh God. Even now, come on, pray. Even now, Lord. Even now, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. We bless you, Father. Nothing is too hard for you. Even now, Lord. Blessed be your name, O oh God. Take the hand of someone next to you. We're going to pray together for all of these different needs. 
And here's what I want you to pray, just like Martha said, even now, come on, begin to lift your voice. Father, even now you're able. Even now you can transform by your mighty power. Even now, Lord, you can set that young person free, oh God. We pray for resurrection power in marriages, in children. We pray that you would rescue the drug addict. Rescue the lost, oh God. Rescue the wayward child, even now. Release your power today, oh God. Even now, oh God. Restore the marriage, even now, oh God. We pray for resurrection power. We come to you, Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We believe, oh God, we believe, oh God. in the life, Lord Jesus. We thank you that when we come to you, you hear the cries of your people. 
We thank you that you are great enough and powerful enough to make dry bones live again, oh God. And God, I pray that, Lord, all of us would receive a fresh burden to pray. God, I pray for a baptism of intercession, oh God, to rest upon your people, oh God. I pray that you would give us your heart and your eyes that when we see, it would move us to come to you, oh God, and to believe you, Lord God. We thank you in advance now. We thank you for wayward children being arrested by the power of the Holy Spirit because we're praying here. We thank you for breakthroughs with our children, oh God. We thank you for breakthroughs with marriages. We thank you for financial breakthroughs and physical breakthroughs and emotional breakthroughs, Lord God. We walk from this place celebrating the resurrection and the life. Come on, can we put our hands together one more time for Jesus? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! So Father, as your people go from this place, let them walk not just with the joy of the Lord, but also with the burden of the Lord. And I pray, oh God, that you would open up a new walk with you as we learn how to go to you like never before. Use your people all over this city to bring the battles and the struggles to you. Do this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Come on, greet one another before you go. God bless you. Remember to pray for KWA. God bless you.